Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo, what's up? Welcome to episode 106. We on 106? What is this? 106 in Park. Yeah, we on 106. Um Yeah, this is you know you can tell by the time it's a really long episode, a lot of really good stuff, um, great articles.、Uh, I I caught up on some things that I missed in the previous episode, you know, gave you some extra things to see.、Uh, a couple of articles I really expanded on Japanese culture, Japanese society, gave you some tips about living here,、uh, plus and topped it all off with a, a quick anime. Anime movie recommendation at the end, which is a cherry on top for you guys. So I'm not gonna give a long intro because you got a lot to listen to. All right, y'all, enjoy. What is up, people? 106 is in the house. It's going down. Let me crack the beer right now. Ooh, yeah. We celebrating this party time. I don't know why we're celebrating, but we are. I'm actually. This is my second beer because I'm going crazy tonight. I'm raging tonight. <laughs>、mm. Nah, um, you know I have the、um, morning and early afternoon off tomorrow, so、uh, which is actually perfect timing because the weather is really shitty here in the Tokyo area.、Um, we might get our first snowfall of the year. It'll probably be, just be flurries, if that. I it's it's just raining throughout the area, but in Western Tokyo, they're predicting some rain and、um, they're predicting fucking snow. And but in the central kind of Yokohama Tokyo area, I don't think it's gonna you know snow. But、um, we'll see what happens when I wake up. But you know, I I don't really have、um, shit to do tomorrow morning, so. And it's, it's midnight. I got everything set up. I was chilling, you know, refreshed. I think I told you guys on the last episode. I'm kind of taking it easy, flowing with things a bit, which is going really, really well, actually.、Uh, I realized I was spreading myself too thin. I had to really focus.、Uh, I read in a book、uh, one thing about a plate spinner. You know, if you know what a plate spinner is,、um, basically, you know, a plate spinner. Uh, when they spin plates, they spin their first plate, then they move on to their second and their third. You don't start by spinning three, four, five, six plates. So I think I got away from that principle、uh, towards the end of last year, which I realized, and scaling things back, really focusing on my YouTube content,、uh, of course, TikTok a bit and a little bit of Twitter. That's it. You know, my oh, excuse me, sorry about that. <laughs> You know, I, I stopped my second podcast, stopped the blogs,、uh, you know, all the other shit that I was really doing, because、um, that, you know, like Twitter videos and all that stuff, I think was taken away from the core of what I want to get to, which is YouTube. And since that, like this past week, week and a half, like I've been p- popping out YouTube videos like hotcakes. You know, it's just like like three, four, five. Like the last time, I was a little bit like worried and concerned, but I had a stockpile of videos. Um, that、I、had been working on, and them things is just like bloop, 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 going out like every couple of days now,、mm. and it feels really good.、Uh, so, you know, I'm kind of realizing like, okay, just do it that way. You just keep working on it, keep focusing, 
and I can kind of get the pace and the momentum that I want to get because that's the pace momentum that I want to get. And I'm not even working that hard. Like, you know, I was like killing myself like last year, but now I'm not even really working that hard. I'm like, you know, do some shit on the train, do some shit at work when I got time, you know, come home, do some shit when I'm in the mood, you know, record some shit that needs to be recorded when I need to be recorded. But like, you know, not working like myself to the bone like I was before and just the amount of content that I'm able to like pump out, you know, and just be smarter, pick my spots. Like, you know, I got tomorrow off, so I, I got a video to upload, but I was like, okay, I can do that, you know, tomorrow. I can do that now. Well, um, you know, I got the, the living room to myself now. Let me do this now and I can upload it tomorrow and finish you know editing this and upload that tomorrow maybe even tomorrow night and just you know go at my own pace go at my own flow maybe record a few other uh short shorts for for youtube you know during the day before i leave for work and, and so like you know just finding my rhythm so much not really like banging my head against the wall and i'm really liking the way it feels i'm liking the energy of it so um, even tonight, like, you know, I'm not really concerned. It's midnight when I'm starting when I push record, but I'm not really concerned about time. You know, we, I don't know, we can go half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Like, I don't really care because I'm fresh. I got beer. I got another one in the fridge. I kind of OD'd. I got three beers. I was like, I'm getting crazy tonight. So you can tell I'm in a, you know, a good mood and yeah, yeah. Things are just, I, I want to continue this energy. So pray for me, y'all pray for me. Well, speaking of that, um, before we get started, especially for you guys on the West Coast, again, we have a large Californian contingent. I don't call it large. We don't have a, con a large contingent in general. But for you guys on the West Coast, you know, I know you guys are feeling it uh, with Kobe Bryant's untimely death. The, I, my friend uh, messaged me this morning. And I found out, I was like, whoa, that's kind of a, a shocker, you know, real shocker. And, and I would kind of, it's been in my mind all day, gave my, my son a little extra hug, annoyed him a bit, you know, um, this morning and, and, and yeah, like life is short, man. We got to, I was, I messaged my friend, like who, he just had his first child, like, like, you know, about a week ago. And I was like, yeah, man, it hits you more now that you're a father, but you know, all we live for, all we got to live for is, you know, ourself and our family and that's it, you know, like. And we got to make every day count because it's not coming back. And tomorrow is not promised. And, you know, like, really, like, so every day is precious and you got to go for yours. Like, I would say, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, if you if you were a, listen, a listen, regular listener, you know, Nipsey Hussle's uh, death last year really hit me hard. Uh, I'm not going to lie, like, you know, Kobe's death, like, I'm not insensitive to it, but I'm not going to pretend like, oh, fuck Kobe, like, you know, I was like fucked up all day about it. It was a really sad story. Is you know, I really feel for him, his family, the other people who died in the crash as well, his daughter, like everyone. Um, but I'm not going to pretend like, you know, it's kind of crushing for me, you know, so I think that would be kind of fake, um, especially after, after the person's passed. And, you know, I, when he played... I was more of a Shaq fan than a Kobe fan anyway. So, um, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it I, 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 I rooted for him, I think, um, in the beginning, but, um, you know, you, you know, Shaq and Kobe had their own drama. I would say I 
really, really, really liked the person I saw Kobe turning into after he, especially after he retired. You know, when that, um, I think I was thinking about it today. Like, I think he did something. He was able to do something that I don't think Michael Jordan was to be able to do as well, which was let that competitive fire go. You know, he he kind of I felt like he kind of released a, a, quite a bit of it. He still had it, and I heard him talk about it when he first retired. That's why he got like a lot bigger because he just you know was just lifting weights and stuff like that. But he let a lot of it go, and I think he found a, a, a he was finding like a lot of peace and happiness within himself and his in his family life as a father, um, and you know, and as a businessman and transition and was finding his way transitioning from you know an intense competitor on the court to you know not let that fire kind of consume him uh, the way i believe and i've heard that michael jordan kind of did after his retirement where he wasn't able to find the peace that i saw just in his vibe his atmosphere that i saw kobe finding and so for me like i became much more of a fan of him as a person after his retirement and just seeing him listening to him talk and just seeing you know the 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 kind of serenity that he had so um that is kind of what i'll take away from the life of kobe bryant you know and if you're not american you you might not know how how big of a, a sports star he was you know and, and how, how much of an icon he was so um, my hat goes off to him uh, for everything he did in his life and 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 you know again you know another hopefully it you know whatever small platform i have you know whatever small voice i have whoever i'm reaching i it gives me a renewed sense of urgency in what i'm doing again i mean you know i'm of course excuse me i'm again i'm finding my way you hear me i'm trying to find balance enjoy my life too but also keep my eye on the prize and hit the goals I want to hit every day. Um, and you know, like, I think that's important. That's important. It's a tricky balance to my, like I'm, I'm searching for that balance like every day, but you know, cause I could just like lock myself in my room in a room and, and, and just, um, try to like, you know, bang out these hits or, you know, I can play with my son and I can hug my wife and I can kiss my wife and I can, you know, pet my dog, even though he eats poop sometimes. And, you know, like, I, <laughs> and, you know, I can smile and look at the sunset and, 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 and enjoy my life here in Japan while chasing my dreams and while pursuing what I want to do. And, you know, I can enjoy, I can go to my job and I can enjoy that and talk to the people I want to talk to and enjoy food and, and you know, like, I would just encourage you to do the same thing, like try to find that, you know, paper thin edge where pushing the limits of what you're willing to do, what you can and will do every day. But also at the same time, you know, smell the roses while you're here because you don't know when it's going to be gone. You know, he I'm sure he didn't know, you know, that that today or yesterday would be his his last, you know, so you don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but. Um, I do know today was a great day and I do know, you know, this has been a great week and this has been a great year and this has been a great life. And hopefully at the end of every day, you can say that about yourself and you can say that about your life. And if you can't, then at least I encourage you to do something every day to 
move yourself to the point towards the point where you can say that and look yourself in the mirror and say that see i'm getting i'm actually oh shit i'm getting all emotional behind that like that that kind of hit me a little bit like you know um but but it's, it's true it's true and and, and i do you know, the, the times like this, I do kind of reflect on my personal journey. Sorry, I'm getting all deep on you guys. But, you know, I do reflect on my personal journey over these past several years, this past decade. I, I'll even call it that. And 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 like I'm far from where I want to be, but um, I'm very, very happy with where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a special place to be at. I was listening to an audio um uh, you know, a motivational audio about that too, and, and talking about that special place, and um, just before I hit the door, and so I'm like, ah, oh, see, oh, it's gonna make me feel, get all, ah, oh, I can feel, you know, I can feel it, like you know, um, you know, opening the door and seeing my son come run at me and stuff like that, like that's, that's what life is all about. So, so I don't know, like, you know, yeah, it just makes you appreciate that, and it makes me want to keep going. So that's all. I just encourage you to do. Whatever you can do to to get there, stay there, keep pushing yourself. That's all. All right. Uh, as I drink some more beer. All right. Let, 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 let's lighten things up. Okay. Let, let, I got uh, I've got a nice little menu for tonight. I'm, I've I've done some preparation. You know. Um, so first, one thing I, I I went back and listened to the previous episode and let me clean up a few things. First off, I messed up on the um. I think the the episode number, but you know I've done that several times in the past, so my bad about that. Um, hopefully, I got it right this time. <laughs> uh, a couple of things that um, I didn't do. So, if in the previous episode, if you you heard me talking about calorie mate, and you heard me talk about Kiefer Sutherland in twenty four, uh, so I did a little bit of research after the after the episode, and I found uh, some of his commercials. Uh, I found two of his commercials. Two of them are kind of, I think, compilations of a few commercials. There, I forgot if they're in Japanese or in subtitles, subtitles or not. I just got the links. That's the most I'm gonna do. Uh, I believe one of them had English subtitles in there, but you know, even without it, you can kind of see it's kind of funny because he's talking in English and another person's talking in crazy Japanese, and you know, other people are talking in Japanese, and um, just to get an idea about how. Uh, actors do kind of sneak over to japan to get a big paycheck and again this was kind of like 15 years ago so at the time when 24 was a huge show it was really big in japan and um yeah so check out those links check out they're kind of funny uh i won't i won't talk about them i'll let you kind of discover them on your own and figure out what's going on if you have any questions about it again questions for keel at gmail.com rod's the only one who messages me so (laughs) rod if you want to send me a message about those or anything else that's totally cool or if anyone else does it's all good um mm. all right sorry so that's that uh that's the first thing Next thing, I also realized in last point, just to clean up from the previous episode before we move forward, I realized that I made a mistake, that I forgot to, um, where I'm, I have no idea where I want to put my beer. Oh. <laughs> well, let me rest this over here. Let me rest it over there. All right. Um, I realized that I didn't. I forgot to finish. I listened to the story about vanilla. If you you probably frustrated listening to me talk about it, and. 
I initially started to tell you the story about what happened to Vanilla, but I kind of got sidetracked and didn't really conclude the story. So I wanted to conclude the story about what I heard happened to Vanilla. Again, this is not firsthand knowledge by me. You heard, you know, you've heard in the past, you know, you heard when you heard my, 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 um, stories of, of, of love, love, I don't know what to call it, love gone by, whatever the fuck it was, but, um, love that could have been, <laughs> well, it sounds kind of negative, I'm kind of happy now, but, um, you know what I mean, past flings, it wasn't even a fling, it was just like dates whatever all right whatever anyway vanilla played a pretty significant part in my life at that point in time and uh what ended up happening was so suddenly vanilla closed like literally one day it was like hey let's go vanilla walk around the corner you know go to the alley you know turn right turn left turn right the building's closed what the fuck it's all dark okay try and go back another week the building's demolished what the fuck happened (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like literally, the building was just like a hole. It was just gone. Like the, the next week, it was like shit. So, um, like, all right, fuck, that's over, you know. And then it, it kind of that marked a, a bit of the decline in the party scene until I kind of gracefully stepped out uh, a couple of years later after just frustrating nights of not having fun going out. And I was just like, why am I doing this? And then, which led me to my, you know, journey. Anyway, my spirit quest. So anyway, um, let's talk about uh, what happened with to Vanilla. So Vanilla closed and nobody knew what happened. So fast forward, I think maybe, I don't know, sometime later, I'll just say sometime later, a friend of mine, we went to Osaka. And this was like 2009, I think. You know, so it was like, fuck, 11 years ago, Jesus. Jeez. <laughs> like, so like we're, we're in Osaka, just on, me and this dude on like a party weekend, just hanging out, just getting into the bullshit, like having fun, food, drinks, like whatever, you know. And... um we go out to this club at night and we end up having this conversation with the DJ and he was in Osaka. Um, you know, I was drunk drinking, so I don't remember like too, too much about the dude, but I do remember the conversation very clearly because he was a DJ and we talked about vanilla. Vanilla came up. We were like, Oh, it was an awesome club. And he was like, yeah, I DJ there sometimes. It was fucking dope. And they're like, yeah, it just closed. Like what happened? He was like, Oh, you don't know what happened. So according to this dude, like I don't know, according to this dude, he was he said he was a DJ. I then didn't see him DJ, but what he said what happened to the club was apparently that club was a yakuza money laundering place, right? Like it was used for money laundering for the yakuza, which of course you know anything in entertainment, yakuza are gonna have a hand in it. In here in Japan, that's just like a fact, right? Any entertainment, whether it's you know Fuzoku, whether it's you know massage places, whether it's nightclubs, whether it's pachinko, whether it's like you just go down the list. Anything like dealing with nights or red light district or whatever entertainment, you know they're gonna they got a hand in it somewhere. So apparently, according to this guy's story, like you know a gang was uh you know in, you know had their hand in that place somehow. Uh, and they were using it for money laundering, which would make sense. It's a cash business, right? And one night, a rival gang rolled in there, like, mad deep with, like, pipes and bats and shit like that. And it was just a huge fucking gang war inside the club. 
and you know like they ran up to this i told you it was like a top floor they ran up to the top floor beating everybody down not civilians but you know just yakuza fighting yakuza because again yeah it's more like if you think about it in terms of it's like kind of like a military kind of thing so they don't really include civilians in what they do so um because that brings more heat to them right so the police don't mind yakuza beating up and killing yakuza but if they start doing it against civilians that's when the crackdown comes so yeah so they were going all crazy um one guy one yakuza guy got killed in there apparently according again according to this guy and you know the police surrounded the place it was a whole big riot squad thing was out there and then after that, they shut the place down. So that is kind of the story of what killed Vanilla. I've never been able to verify the story. I'm not going to do the research in verifying it. There was another club. Um, I want more beer, sorry. There was another club named Vanilla. I don't think I've been. I went there. I heard it paled in comparison to the original one. So, um if you do search online vanilla Tokyo, you might be able to find it, but it's not going to be what, you know, the Mama Jamma was. I might do, uh, yeah, I need to do, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Let me, let me do this right now. Let me do this right now. Let me make a note for the next episode. Hold on, 107, Jada. Again, Jada is my acronym for Japan, according to Akil. One second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bear with me, y'all. Uh, 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 Tokyo nightclubs. Tokyo nightclubs. Okay, I just put a I just put a um a note into my computer. So next episode, uh, when I'll, I'll talk about nightclubs, and you know I'll find I'll just find a list. Uh, since we're talking about nightclubs, I'll just find a list of nightclubs. I never really talked about that. Maybe. And, and, and kind of go through give i've talked about one that i know but i'll just give my impressions some i've been to some i haven't what i've heard etc cetera, etc cetera. nightclubs kind of rotate now some have been closing down quite a bit so but there are a few main staples there i'll give my experiences give some feedback and stuff like that i think that'll make a cool topic to talk about so excuse me uh, excuse me so if you do come to japan you know come to tokyo and want to like head out for the night you can at least hit the ground running and won't have to like move around as much you know so it's so wander around as much so all right cool mm. mm-hmm. so that's that now let's do our product review right our product review is from soccer mart of course please check the link is what is this called bourbon chico digestive biscuit 17 17 sheets? Yeah, 17 sheets, okay. <laughs> I mean, it had to be just Google translated. Because, um, yeah, my would be sheets. Yeah, uh, like a cookie would be my because it's flat. But anyway, um, these cookies are kind of funny to me because, again, this is a nostalgic snack for me. These things got me. I used to wolf these things down like my first couple of years in Japan. And, like... I don't know if digestive biscuits are a thing in other countries. Mm, they might be in Europe, I feel like. Like, some of my European colleagues have kind of been like, ooh, digestives, and they're like, oh, eat them. But, like, I've never had it. It's like a wheat kind of cookie on one, like, with chocolate on one side 
and then it's like wheat kind of shit. <laughs> it's wheat shit covered in chocolate on, on one side. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. But it's good though. It's good. Like, and especially this one. Like the convenience stores in, in, in Tokyo have them too. And I've eaten those in the past. But these joints right here. <laughs> these joints right here. <laughs> were special right they had a special place in my life and um i like my first year my first two years in japan i used to eat these shits all the fucking time once i discovered them i was just like housing them you know i was like in my early 20s too my metabolism was like a champ i wasn't even thinking about calories so i was just like scarfing them down all crazy which is why like i gained a bunch of weight actually and had to start actually hitting the gym to get back in shape because <laughs> I, I <coughs> yeah i think when i hit like 24 25 i was just like man fuck it and i just really wasn't paying attention to anything i was eating anything and i got, I got big i mean i i think i was around the size i am now but probably it was just like all body fat so yeah actually my mother-in-law my mother-in-law you know my wife's mom one day because i was drinking a bunch of juice too she was just like yo you need to chill <laughs> she kind of told me like in a gentle way like are you okay because i was like what and then i was like oh shit i kind of need to get my shit together and, and i did so it was cool um but but those biscuits were like are really good and um you know i try and stay away from that shit now but if you're a snacker if you like cookies you like a little chocolate but not too much chocolate get on those man they, they're really really good uh again the link is in the profile just just search for the fucking shit <laughs> just search, search for the name and, and you'll find them uh it's like a long brown package you'll you'll see it you'll see it okay um because that's about that and that's about that all right, now we're gonna get to Rod. I got you. We got two two more things to get to. Uh, I'm saving. I'm saving the best for last. <laughs> what was that Vanessa Vanessa Williams? I think it was. Like you know, sometimes the snow comes down in June. That's all. That's all I remember from this song. But I used to like that song when I was a kid. And I know I slaughtered that song, if you know what it is. My wife is always like, I start breaking out singing shit. She's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, you don't know that song? And she's like, just stop. So I'm going to stop now. I know you didn't, you didn't listen to this podcast to hear that bullshit. So, all right. Mm. All right. So anyway. The Rise of Japan's Super Solo Culture. And this is an interesting article. Uh, where I'm not going to lie. I skimmed it a bit because just to get a feel for what the article is talking about. I did it several days ago. Um, so it's interesting. I, it, when I do articles like this, when I kind of like have a bit of a, you know, it's what I want to say. I'll kind of like skim through it until I get like a feel for the article and then get an image of how I want to address the topic. And I'll just like leave it there. Right. So um, because my take on the article is going to be kind of different than the author's. So I kind of don't want to like cloud my my thought process, if you will. Now, this is another article. Again, it's kind of told from an outside perspective a bit. 
about basically what was going on in Japan. And I've seen it, I've heard it, I witnessed it, that, um, you know, Japan is really a group-oriented society, but what's happening more and more is that, especially younger Japanese people, are feeling more and more comfortable doing things that have been traditional group activities on their own. For example, going out on their own, going to bars on their own, going to eat on their own, going to karaoke on their own, even going on vacations on their own. Like, I don't, you don't know how many... Um, under 30 of my students, I asked like, oh, you went blah, 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 blah. And who'd you go with? And I went by myself, you know, and they went to Croatia or some shit like that by themselves. I'm just like, okay, okay. You know, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I'm totally like a solo vacation, like a solo type of dude. I'll just like break out in a second, but like go to the nightclub by myself ride on the onsen trip by myself even break you know i might even take a vacation by myself so but the reasons i from my i take that it's being done here by the younger generation are quite different and it's not stated as much in the article you know it's more talking about like the macro issues of society and how it's catering to the needs of people but for me it's like the main thing that i hear and how i see is like, and, and that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to be going to focus so much on the article material. I'd like for you all to maybe read it on read it on your own. You can formulate your own opinion. I'm just going to take this topic as you know fuel and kind of give my to my spin on it. So, <clears throat> and then you you know you find your what what resonates with you somewhere in the middle. Hopefully, um, the way I see it is basically. Um, People are doing these things like so a lot of things solo because it's easier, right? And actually, this reminds me, this comes full circle, reminds me of a conversation I was having with a student today. Excuse me, sorry, I'm sorry, oh, crazy, this is so unprofessional. Um, I'm not going to give his industry, but he's in, let's say, an industrial industry. And, you know, CEO, not CEO, he, he was a CEO of like a foreign subsidiary. But, you know, pretty high up in, this, in a company. I don't really know the company's name, but, you know, it seems like it's a company that's expanding. And basically, I was talking to him about, like, recruiting for his company and things like that. And he was basically telling me something that was different than what I imagined. I was like, oh, you know, because his company was a domestic company and now they're trying to expand globally. And his company's just sending him all over the fucking world, basically. And I was like, well, you know, why don't you have younger people and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, well, you know, well, of course, recruiting here is getting tougher and tougher for companies because there's just a lack of manpower. You know, there's not enough young people. If you know about the aging society here in Japan, which I think is touched on in this article, it's becoming a serious thing. And it's going to continue to become a serious thing. So companies are really having to struggle and fight to actually get recruit young people into their company which is, means the power dynamic has shifted from the employers to the employees right um but another thing that's that's happening is uh he according to this guy younger people in in his in his company system he's noticed that they don't want to go outside their comfort zone as much right so in the past like and i've heard from a lot of in employees 
the reason why they come to study English is because they want to have a post in another country. Like that was been a desirable position to, hey, go live in America for a few years, live in Europe for a few years, and, you know, um, do business there. It's kind of like even if it's not really for going up the corporate ladder or getting a second job for the experience and being able to do it. But younger employees are really, according to this guy, are really a lot more hesitant to do that because they have their bubble and their comfort zone of what they want to do. And if you think about it, really, it makes a lot more sense because there are less and less younger people. There's a much a bit more of a sense of entitlement, you know, and not in a negative way. What I mean, I mean, it, not in a negative way, even though it can have negative side effects, I believe, here in J Japanese society. So if you think about it in the West, like a sense of entitlement, remember, it's more we're more individual society. I want this. I need this. I'm entitled to this. I should have this. But in Japan, from birth and, and, and from childhood, those qualities are not really instilled in people. But, you know, obligation to the group is. But what's happening now, and from the way I see it, and what this guy said makes a bit of context, and with the article, is there are less and less younger people, which means the group dynamics are kind of shifting. Especially, you know, if you have, like, fewer younger people around much older people who are taking, who are tending to take more care of the younger people. In a family, if you have, for example, you know, instead of, like, having, like, Let's say you got 10 people instead of having like four, four young people there, you got like, you know, like five senior citizens, you know, two, three people in their like 20s, uh, 30s and 40s. And you got one kid. That kid is being catered to quite a lot more than the old, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the energy is going into that younger person. And it's said like basically that young Japanese people nowadays have I think eight pockets or six pockets or something, some shit like that, because they have like, you know, they get money from their parents. They get money from their grandparents. And they, ha yeah, I think it's six pockets. Yeah. Six pockets because you got two parents, then you got two, uh, two grandparents on each side. That's two, four, that's six pockets that they're getting money from all the time growing up. So, um, the dynamics have kind of changed for them so that they don't feel as obligated, you know, and also we have the internet, we have information, you know, they're kind of more empowered in the fact that they, they don't feel as obligated to, to follow, you know, past trends and, and things. There's a generation gap, you know? And so, so yeah, people don't feel like they have to do things the way that they've been done in the past. And, and, all, and that goes along with, you know, not feeling obligated to fall into line with, you know, uh, obligations and, and group dynamics and things like that. And so some people, you know, or some people, they're not so much emboldened to say, like, I'm going against this. They just shy away from it. And again, like if you think about like the wall of pillows, again, going back to that, I'm claiming it. If you think about it, like they're not going to openly challenge it, but just take a step back away from it, you know, and, and fall back into uh, things or trends or, or ways that feel comfortable to them. And, and that's why if you, if you notice like enjoying themselves without being, without being seen. Right. So if you really look at a lot of the topics that are talked about in this article, they're all kind of ways that people can kind of hide and see, not, not hide, but, but privately enjoy themselves without, without being surrounded by the eyes of other people because the eyes of other people lead to obligation 
But if you're doing something by yourself, you're essentially free to do whatever you want, even if you're around strangers, right? In the West, if you're around a stranger, you feel no obligation um, to maintain some certain social standards, you know, because you don't know that person versus like being around your family. But in Japan, that's not the case. Like whether it's, a, of course, to a more of a degree, you're going to feel more obligation to, you know, your boss or your friend or your family member versus a stranger. But the sense of like social obligation that you will feel when in the presence of a stranger is still a pretty strong thing. Right. And, and it does affect it. Like I do it all the time. It does. If you listen to the podcast, I do shit that I wouldn't even think about doing in America because I, I feel the sting of eyes and I I can, I can sense the atmosphere of people and some people don't want to have to deal with that shit and that's for me the rise of this solo solo culture you know and same thing with with people going back to people's hesitance to go abroad like you know that's just something that they don't want to deal with that shit so like this is good enough for me you know and and it's kind of creating a really interesting dynamic here and where personally, you know, and older people say it too, where this younger generation is really fucking soft. Like, um, again, not everyone. I don't want to make a blanket statement. Uh, but again, and I'm a bit more old school in my thinking. So I'm sorry if it comes off a bit like boomer, boomerish. You know, <laughs> I'm not a boomer, but but I'm not. I mean, if you want to get, I forgot. Ex, I think I'm an exennial. I believe I'm an exennial. Um, yeah, I'm an exennial. I'm not a millennial. Um, and I don't have millennial, even though technically, you know, depending on how you, whatever chart you read, the year I was born is technically in the, that the start of the millennial time frame. But I believe like people like a couple of years between like 79 or 80 and 83 or 84, some shit like that is a new category called exennial. And that's kind of where I like reading is like, that's where I fall in. Cause I don't really identify with millennial um, ways of thinking It's kind of, but I don't really find f follow with generation X and I'm kind of in the middle. Like I remember life before the internet, but I'm also really a lot more tied to technology. And, you know, I remember growing up with like regular Nintendo, I'm seeing the development of technology from pre-internet to fucking Nintendo, to Super Nintendo, to Nintendo 64, to fucking dial-up, AOL, you know, fucking cell phones, wireless internet, like, the whole shebang-a-bang, you know, like, and so I appreciate the whole spectrum. It's like, holy shit, this is, I'm living in the future. This is back to the future. Like, I'm looking, like, half the time I'm looking at all this shit, like, fucking internet's amazing. Like, <laughs> I see that, like, at least once a year, like, fucking technology, goddamn, because I, re I can really appreciate, you know, I, I, I'm in it, but I'm not of it, is what I like to say. Like, I understand it, you know, but I am not tied to it. The whole internet can fucking crash tomorrow, and I'll be straight and um like i really think like you know I'm, again not to shit on millennials like because you might be a millennial listening to this i don't know i'm just talking from my personal perspective i'm saying like i'm very conscious that i'm a bit more old school than your average millennial and i don't say that in like a um i know the word millennial can be used is a kind of derogatory term. And I used to be on that and I'm trying to get off of that and stop being so judgmental about it. But, you know, um, 
I do believe like Japanese millennials are quite coddled in a way that is not preparing them for the future, especially the future dynamics that are coming in Japan, you know, because they don't have to really deal with that shit. And that's where I'm really focusing on, you know, training, getting my son ready. Not yet, but, you know, getting him more open-minded and and down the path where, like, you know, when you heard me talk about it, when the shit hits the fan, he's not going to be there freaking out like, Daddy, what are we going to do? I'm like, motherfucker, you been man up. (laughs) Get your shit together. Like, Daddy already got his. You can go out there. No, kick him out the porch. (laughs) Nah, nah, I wouldn't do that, but, you know. Mm. Mm. but definitely like have him be able to like use and take advantage of that opportunity again in in the land of the blind the one eye man is king and and you know i want him to kind of rule in in the best way um he knows he's he sees fit so again i i again i read the i read through this article like quite like several days ago but again, the, 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 I'm just reading a little bit. Again, it, it, it gives it, it gives for me more, a bit more of a static kind of picture of, of things. But I do believe the, the solo culture here is more of a Japanese self-centeredness and not in a negative way. Um, that has not been experienced so much before. Um, you know, and that self-centeredness means an avoidance or, or rejection of the social pressures that hold Japanese society together. Now, the question is, what is going to happen down the road, you know, as that social glue becomes more and more fractured and as that younger generation kind of develops, you know, and they start work, they work more and they have families and they have kids in the next generation after them, you know, for example, who has, they're going to have even less kids and the, you know, the, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and the, the numbers are going to dwindle even more and the pressure is going to get even stronger, but they're going to try and run from even more. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Again, I'm just got my popcorn ready. I just want to see what the fuck's going to happen. But, you know, my job is to raise my family in, in a way where, you know, we can kind of survive and thrive in that type of situation that's my goal that's my personal goal so so that's my take on it hopefully it dealt with the article it it was you know i from what i could read a really interesting article again my living here my spin on it is is a little bit different my take on it is a little bit different because from the people that i talk with um it's not so much it is definitely seems like there's a lot of uh choice going into that you know and choice to kind of fall back as a default you know as a written you you know the fuck i'm saying (laughs) you know the fuck i'm saying (laughs) Mm. Mm. all right like like i got i got this one i got one more so here we go once upon a time and again, Rod, like I, I, I sent you a reply. This is the article that I was saving in the previous article in the previous episode, and Rod kind of messaged me about it, and I really wanted to talk about it. Like I just saved the um topic. I didn't read through it until like just before recording, and I actually you know read through the whole thing, and it's funny because I, I made myself laugh because halfway through the article, 
I could predict the ending of the article, right? I could predict how the story ended because halfway through the article, I was reading and I could rel- I could feel for the, the dude writing it. But in my mind, I'm like, yo, all you got to do is this and it'll be cool. <laughs> all you got to do is blah, 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 blah. And then I read down a little bit later and then he does that exact thing that I was like kind of screaming in my mind that he needed to do and he was like to my surprise it worked and i was like yeah of course it worked <laughs> and so um oh shit i got one oh shit i just almost remembered almost forgot one more thing hold on, let me add this right now so i don't forget hold on hold on mm. Mm, one second one second okay i just had to um excuse me sorry i had to i'll i'll Tell one, one, give you one um, movie recommendation at the end. At the end of this, after I do this, I already started this topic, so I'm going to finish it. But um, yeah, uh, and it's perfect timing too because I wanted to do. I'm going to do kind of a bit of a spoiler review on this uh, thing, so it's perfect. This we're ending out the podcast with that. But yeah, so I, and I'll talk about the article too. I'll just talk about it in detail. So what happened was this: the student at you know, living in Japan, you know, Zabujuban, which is a nice area, really nice area, one of the main area, uh, central areas in Tokyo. Minato Ward is like, you know, Beverly Hills-ish, kind of, you, you're in it if you're in Minato Ward. Um, and he was living there, and he kept getting harassed by the police, right? And, you know, they kept asking him for his foreign registration card and things like that, which 2014, I believe, was... 2014 was illegal at that point in time. Yeah, at 2004, like when I came to Japan, if you, you, the police basically, if the Foreign Registration Act in Japan, if you were asked, but at that time, if you were asked by the police to give your foreign registration card, you had to give it before. Um, but I want to say, when was that? I want to say 2011 or 12. The law was changed and police couldn't ask foreign people for their foreign registration cards anymore. Again, don't say Akil told me this. Go do your own research and check on it. But I'm like positive. Like you you don't have to give your foreign registration card if police ask for it anymore. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going to talk about it on both sides. Like there's a lot more to this than that. Don't be like, yeah, fuck you. Fuck, you know, I'll be like, fuck you pigs. Like, you, you know, please don't do that. <laughs> okay, don't come here doing that. Um, and, and, and. And and don't worry, I'm I'm also I read, reading this story. I'm not going to um let the pol- Japanese police off the hook in this situation either. Um, I'm not going to demonize the guy. I'm going to try not to demonize the guy either. Um, but there's a lot more shit going on than uh meets the eye. I think reading through this article. So okay, let me let me break it down first. So first, this guy. He comes to Japan, you know, he had a good time. He and he came in he came back as a Temple University student, right? And he kept he kept getting harassed in his areas by the police, right? Now, when I read that, the first thing, my first thought, it, like it happened a couple of times. I was like, "Okay, well, you know, and they they asked to search his shit and things like that." Now, now I've heard from Japanese people that Japanese people get searched and things like that. Now, here's the thing. It's kind of like a catch-22 about Japanese police because, uh, and of course, like living in America, like search and seizure, you know, you're automatically resistant to it. But it's actually the complete opposite here in Japan. Like, 
resisting search and seizure here in Japan gives the police the impression that you have something to hide. And in the West, of course, you don't want to be searched because you have the right not to be searched and you want to protect your rights. But go back to what I've said, if, you, if you've been on this podcast, about the concept of freedom here in Japan. And in the West, freedom is your personal bubble of freedom is not impeded upon by outside forces. In Japan, it's different. It's the pub, the peace of the public, not disturbing the peace of the public, right? So, for example, being stopped by the police and resisting their request to search your bag is kind of considered intruding the freedom of other people here in Japan, like how I would interpret it as, in a very Japanese way. Because if you make a big stink about it and you're yelling at the cops and you're like, fuck you, I don't have to do shit, and they're calling for backup and other people are coming and things like that, the other Japanese people around you are like, what's going on? They're gathering, they're concerned, they're worried, and you're causing a big stink that kind of disturbs the freedom of other people and other businesses. It takes away from the peace of everyday life here in Japan. Of course, maybe to no fault of your own. I'm not, like I said, I'm not demonizing the guy, but I'm just trying to put it in context. The police, again, deal in stereotypes, right? So... Like I said, they're in the Azabu Juba area. They might be thinking there's a black guy. Maybe, you know, um, I've heard, I don't know in detail, but for example, uh, I have heard from other people like, I hesitate to say this, but in, I'm just going to say what I've heard. I don't, I don't know because I do not do any drugs in Japan at all. That's something I do not want any part of. And I discourage you from doing that either. But apparently, you know, there's an Iranian influence in the drug market here in Japan. Like, I've heard in the past, like, my coworkers would be like, I bought drugs from the Iranians. I bought ecstasy from the Iranians. You just go see the Iranians. And I don't know where they are. I'm not looking for them. I'm just not, like, trying to find anything. So their police, and, you know, um, I would imagine maybe black people, some I don't know some Africans as well. I'm again. I'm not. I, I'm not, I'm throwing out names, but I don't want you to be like a kill. What the fuck, man? Like, I'm not saying this to generalize groups of people, right? I'm saying that there might be, you know, in some different foreign contingents here in Japan, some parts of that contingent might be engaged in some different types of activity here in Japan. Even if that's the, I don't know in detail, even if that's the perception, Japanese police are not going to differentiate and they're not going to take the time to judge, well, this person might be Iranian, but we don't want to like be, you know, overgeneralizing all Iranian people because that's fucking wrong and which it is wrong, you know, or, you know, all people who are black who might be from who might be African or who might be whatever, you know, we don't want to just be judging everyone. So like we're not going to do. No, remember, they're trying to keep the peace and especially to keep the peace for Japanese people people and drugs especially if it's being handled by foreign people are are disturbing the peace of the japanese public so they're going to aggressively go after that whatever they perceive it to possibly be right and if 
I'm, again, I'm speaking from the perception of a, of a Japanese police officer, right? Like, I'm not going over to beat you over the head, but I just want to check that you're not doing anything bad because there are bad people who look like you that I, that I heard or even if it's only been one person that's been caught, people that look like you have been doing bad shit and I want to make sure you're not one of them. If you're not, you have nothing to worry about. You can go amongst your business. But if you are, I'm going to find it. I'm going to take you to jail. Like that's kind of how they're thinking about it. You know, they're not like, hey, you black guy, what are you doing? Like, like how I've been perceived in America is more like that guy looks like some of the people I've heard doing some shit around here. Let me see if he's one of them. You know, like that's kind of what my take on it would be. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's, you know, fucking right at all, but going in, I've been in these type of situations. Like I'll tell you a personal anecdote. <laughs> like I was thinking about it. Like, cause again, I, I looked at this article like about a week ago and I remember like, I had no idea. I came to Japan. I think my first or second night in Japan, I was like, wow, I'm in Tokyo. Yay. <laughs> like, so I go out and, um, I want to go sightseeing at night because I didn't have to go to work the next day. So I'm like, I'll go to Shinjuku. <laughs> Jeez, terrible idea. Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know how safe Tokyo is. I'm not going to take my passport. <laughs> no way. Right. That's dangerous. <laughs> and I didn't have my ID yet at all. Right. So, I go wandering around Shinjuku at night, you know, my 22 year old ass, like dressed in my hip hop clothes. And I'm just like wandering around Shinjuku looking like not no, no idea where I'm going. I'm just like looking at buildings. It's probably nothing interesting at all. Like, it's just like, wow, I'm in Tokyo. This looks like lost in translation. Wow. You know, listening to music, like looking up, walking around on slow. And I'll never forget, like, I'm walking somewhere really slowly. And like, there were like some shrubs, like some bushes. And like three police officers just like <laughs> came out of the bushes, like out of nowhere. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this got real. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like they, just, they just came out of nowhere and I was just like like you know there's that meme of Homer Simpson like fading back into the bushes they came the reverse like right at me like you know <laughs> hmm. and I was like completely oblivious and they were just like you know I couldn't speak a word of Japanese and one of the guys could maybe speak like two words of English and so I'm just like they're like, where's your ID? And I'm just like, ah, oh, no, shit. I just came to Japan like a few days ago. And they're like, where do you live? And I'm just like, I'm tr I'm like, I don't have anything. I, like, I don't have, like, I'm in Japan, you know, with not with my passport on me, no ID, nothing, you know. And they're just like getting questioned by the police two days after I get off the fucking plane. And I was just like, and you know, I was just like, I was like, uh, fuck. Like, like, like it kind of hit me. Like, this is not a good situation at all. Leaving my password at home was not a good idea. Cause it is, you know, I had a visa, 
but my visa information was in my fucking passport in my apartment, which was like in Yokohama at the time, like an hour away by the train on the train, you know? And so I was just like, I had like my company's card, you know, I was just like my company I was working for at the time. I was like, look, I'm an English, English teacher, English teacher, you know? And like, I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to flip through my wallet, like for anything. And I'm just like, have a card from like my company. I'm just like, look, see, see, see this, this company, this is my company. It was a big, really big company at the time. Like everyone knew it's like McDonald's, like saying I work for McDonald's, like, you know, basically, um that well known and so they just kind of looked at you know in like you know in my puppy dog eyes like you know i i I could tell i I looked like i lost fucking puppy you know and they were just like okay just just go home basically they're just like just go home of course i went to fuck home (laughs) you know i was like shit not doing that again (laughs) so um you know I, i i get it from the Japanese police side, I, of course, me being a black young man, young man, relatively young man, I totally get it from this dude's side too. I do think the police in that area, from what I've, what, you know, it sounded like were a bit aggressive, you know, but then again, like, I don't really know the context of the situation. Like I've seen, you know, like I, I don't know how his reaction was. I don't know how his body language was. Like I, I don't, you know, because it had to be something. He, maybe his fear, apprehension, or suspicion might have been something that might have set them off. I don't know, right? I'm not questioning him. I'm not doubting him. As a black man, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna like, you know, what I'm saying question another a black man in a police encounter and, and say he did something wrong. I'm not gonna do that. But I want to know more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just because, like, how the police were kind of overreacting in that situation uh, in Japan, it kind of, like, doesn't really stick with me. I've been in several situations. I've been stopped by police several times, you know, and I do find, like, if I just keep it calm, keep it Like, when, the more I'm defending, you know, if the more I get in American police mode, like, yo, what you stopping me for, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> you fucking pig. Like, that sets them off. You know what I'm saying? Like, because... Um, they're like, hey, I'm a peacekeeper. Hey, I want to know what's going on. I want to make sure nothing wrong is going on. You're, you're, you're not one of those bad guys, are you? You know, and then if you're like, hey, motherfucker, you're like, whoa, hold on, hold on there. Hold on now. What you getting defensive for? You know, and then it becomes this kind of thing. And I've seen it happen. And one, one, a person I know posted a video. Um, I, I won't really talk too much about the video just because I don't want to, like, just I'll feel uncomfortable talking about the details of that video because it was just uncomfortable for me to watch it on a lot of different levels, you know, because I could, I was like, fuck, I wish I was in that situation, you know, um, but I, I just wish I was there so I could defuse the situation because it was a lot of unnecessary shit going on. It was like, basically, all right, fuck, I'll say, basically, um, a, a couple of years ago, someone um, who used to live in Japan posted a video of an encounter between him and the police and another person in the police and they were in the car and they they were hanging out and the police stopped them and, and you know it was just a lot of back and forth it, it was like uh you know police encounter video from back in the states but it really didn't need to be like that because basically you know there's him and the other person's stance were like y'all don't have the right to search my uh, this car and we're just not doing anything wrong and the police were like you're in shibuya you're parked at night you've been here for a while 
what are you doing and why are you so defensive right now? You know, and they just kept going back and forth each other for like 20 minutes. And he's just like, y'all see some foreign motherfuckers in this bitch. And y'all think, we, you know, and in my mind, I'm just like, fuck, you know, like, fuck. I wish I was in that situation. I wish I was there because the police don't understand that they're being defensive because they feel they have the right they're focused on their rights and the police are focused on the peace you know what i'm saying they're like if in in it was just like a complete culture gap and i watched the whole i was so uncomfortable watching the video not like fearing anything would happen and of course the police eventually they just realized they weren't getting anywhere of course they, they didn't have the right to like search the car but normally if but they just held him up for 20 minutes and they're, they're, they're you know the people in the video are just freaking out and i'm just like and they eventually they're just like all right fine fuck it just go ahead and get out of here you know and and that's kind of what happens eventually right so reading through this um article about this dude's encounters like i could feel his frustration building and i was just like dude dude all you gotta do yeah they're out of pocket they're wrong get a Japanese representative and take you to the fucking police station and complain. You complaining directly is not going to do shit. The university complaining is not going to do shit. You need a Japanese person, you know, a cosign. Again, you heard a Japanese cosign to walk into the fucking police station, bark on them motherfuckers and be like, why y'all harassing this person? You know, and it'll be taken care of. And that's, and then I kept reading and that's exactly what happened. Right? Like, and you have to ask yourself, well, why does it need to be like that? Let me explain. Hmm. If you haven't heard me say it before, again, I've talked about it on a lot of different other, uh, in a few other different contexts. The Japanese cosign is the most important thing that you need in life, right here in Japan. Like it, it, it shouldn't be like that, but it is because it's a it's Japanese country. It's a Japanese country, and remember, it's it's. It, for me, the way I see life here in Japan is taking advantage of situations where, you know, outside of the box thinking, you, you're you an illiterate immigrant in this country. So you need to understand your position in relation in Japan and use it when you have the advantage, to, the, the opportunity to use it. Right. And the one trump card that you have is the Japanese cosign, right? So what that means is when you, if you come to Japan, I mean, not like using people to cosign you, but like making relationships with people and <coughs> get, letting those people get to know you. Once you have people that are get to, getting to know you well enough to vouch for you, that's important thing to have in your pocket here in Japan, right? Because what ends up happening is you might be in a situation like this guy where, you know, your begging and pleading doesn't work because you're an outsider, right? Remember, you're an insider or an outsider. You're Japanese or you're an outsider. That's it. There's no middle ground. There's not I'm a human. I'm a person. I'm a citizen. I have the right. No, I got a visa. No, you're an insider. You're an outsider, right? So as an outsider, you're on the outside. As an insider, you have the right to come. Remember, peace here in Japan. What is freedom here in Japan? Freedom is peace, not to be disturbed, to move freely, do whatever you want without having any ripples in the fucking water, 
right? That's what it is. Not your individual freedom of society as a whole. The thing about Japanese society is that the that that can work to your advantage is that one person disturbed here is like a pebble rippling in the water, right? It disturbs, it ripples out and disturbs the whole water. Okay. So the voice of one, the disturbed voice of one person dropped into the water can have a ripple effect throughout the whole society, you know, in certain contexts, right? When they have the right to, it is kind of complicated. You kind of can get a feel for it after living here. But in this type of situation where a person is being wronged by the authority, it does. Because you got to think in the context of like customer service, right? The police are there to serve the citizens, right? Now, as the police are here to serve the citizens, means the citizens are at a higher position than the police. So, which means, and you've heard me talk about it, if you're a listener, you've heard me say it before, complaining is a sport here in Japan. It's a hobby here in Japan. So if a, if, if a person in a higher position is in a superior position to another person, they have the right to lay into anybody that they want to, right? Anybody. They can be like, fuck you motherfuckers, why y'all doing this bullshit, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And the person has to acknowledge and accept them because they're in a superior position. As a citizen, you know, like as an outsider going into the police station, like, hey, why are you guys harassing me? You have you're not in a superior position because you're an outsider. So the police can be like, we're no, we're not. We've heard some shit, blah, 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 blah. You go in there with a Japanese person. Why are you harassing this person? He lives here. He's a good person. What the fuck? This is Japan. It's supposed to be fair. You guys are supposed to protect the, protect the citizens, right? Why are you fucking with this person? I live right next to this person. I've known him ever since he's been here. He's not doing anything wrong. What are you guys doing? In the face of a superior Japanese person, he has to back down. Even the police chief, he has to back down. He, You know, in America, it's different, right? The police can kind of buck back at the person, but not in Japan because... You know, again, it's all about it's all about like face, the face of things. And on the surface that that even if they disagree with it, that that one citizen vouching for you has the power of a thousand foreign lawyers, you know, back behind them. And that's all you need in, in some situations. And, and the problem would get solved quite quickly. So for me personally, like if that type like, for example, living here like living where I live at right now, if I got stopped by the police, let's say twice in a week, immediately I'd tell my wife or my mother-in-law and we would go talk to the police station immediately. Like, you know, that it wouldn't be like any repeated type shit going on. The first time I might let it slide, you know, like, hey, here's my ID. Cool, no problem. If they get a little bit testy with me, you know, I'd be like, look, I would probably, you know, again, I'd be able to talk to him in Japanese, be like, look, I don't know what's going on, but I live around here, blah, 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 blah. If it happens again, the first thing I'm doing is telling my wife, telling my mother-in-law, hey, you know, I really feel uncomfortable. Let's go talk. To, let's go straight to the police station. Can you go with me? You know, and, and, and that, and I don't have to say shit at that point i just sit there and just look like you know and then they'll just lay into them <laughs> you know you know like yeah and, and that's all that's what you gotta do if if i if in that situation i open my mouth i'm just fucking up the whole situation i you in japan you gotta let things run their course 
once you set those wheels and, and this is like a, a tip i'm running a little bit longer than i wanted to but this is an important thing once you set that wheel those wheels in motion you shut the fuck up and let it run its course you know because thing remember things in japan happen behind the scenes first and once it's brought out into the open it's already decided right so if you're ever if you're like in this guy not only in this context like in a work situation or whatever if you're in a situation where some fucked up shit is happening you need to find whatever person who's on your team who's on your side who knows who you are who can vouch for you let them know all of your complaints let it all out to that person you know this is fucked up why do i gotta deal with this shit this is some bullshit man fuck this shit i don't even want to be here i really like this country man fuck this shit hey can you go talk to these you know like i really want to do something i'm really uncomfortable can can you go talk to blah 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 for me you know or can we go together and then you shut the fuck up because that cosign will voice all of that shit in a language in a tone that hits home and that will be uncontestable you know and that's just what happens and that's how things are handled here in japan and yeah so me reading towards the end i was like i was feeling uncomfortable reading that article and until i got to the point where you know he's like oh and it happens like okay see they are just fine <laughs> like okay cool it's fine so so uh i was kind of ha- i was getting a little bit concerned reading the article but when i got to the end i was kind of felt a bit relieved that it was resolved in the manner that i felt it should be resolved and i would recommend for you to resolve any bigger issues here in japan again you gotta pick your spots though because it's not an almighty kind of thing um you know and, and small shit doesn't always work out but if it's big something big things and you feel you're really being wronged and really being unfairly targeted in a way you alone going up against it is a bit tougher. You got to find your Japanese cosign. It might sound kind of fucked up, but trust me, it makes life a fuckload easier living in this country. Like most of the shit that I got to do with like the government or like with my company or with like, you know, anything, I don't handle it. I talk to, you know, like, you know, my my in-laws, my wife, I got some students who really know me, you know, a few specialized people. And I'll just be like, hey, can you make this phone call for me? I'll explain the situation, give whatever documents, whatever I need to get. And I just sit back and shut the fuck up, you know, <laughs> and then it gets handled. And they're like, okay, you need to do this. And, da, 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 and then they, they want you to do this. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Or eh, no, I'll do that later. Like, <laughs> you know, I got some shit going on now. Like, and, um, I, I got the notice, like a tax notice and, I wanted to get clarity on it, and I explained it, and then, you know, I had my mother-in-law call, and, you know, they were like, yeah, you need to pay, like, this, no, don't worry about this, but this is, but this other stuff, you need to be like, eh, nah, they're not serious about that, I'll pay the other shit whenever I'm ready, but, but the main issue that I wanted to get resolved got resolved with the quickness, you know, um, and, you know, like, with without even a headache, so, when you come here, I mean, make, you know, you being, again, you being isolated here will lead to isolation. So you got to, well, whatever way it is, like find people that you can kind of connect with and, and, and you can, you know, if you're in a pinch, you can call on for help and for support and who are willing to help you. Not out of obligation, like, oh, fuck, this motherfucker's asking for shit. Who are, who want to help you? That's a very important point as well, because if, 
they are just like, oh, fuck, I met this motherfucker last week and they're asking me to help them with their goddamn taxes. Like, you know, nobody wants to do that. But if someone really knows you and really knows you're a good person and really knows you're in a pinch, Japanese people really help you out like no problem. So definitely go through that. Okay. All right. Last thing. Ooh, this is a, see, I told you, look at this. Ooh, this is a long podcast. Okay. Um, last thing, which I'm going to really get to is, um, Gantz Zero. So, uh, I watched the fucking, I watched the fucking anime yesterday. I worked a little bit, but I had afternoon off and I had, had to house myself. And so I was watching this fucking anime, which is Gantz Zero. And um, it was it's based on a manga, which is uh, which was kind of popular. It was turned into a movie, a, a live action movie. Like when I came here, about two thousand five, two thousand six. By the way, Japanese live action um, movie adaptations of manga are always shit. So don't watch them. Like Attack on Titan was done. Like a few other ones are done. They're always shit, and they're always done. In, I've, I've heard from Japanese people. It's a formula. They're done in two parts. So to make box office, or make money at the box office, what they'll do is they'll split the movie into two parts and release them like a month or two months after each other. Um, like Gintama was done like that. Um, Attack on Titan was done like that. Gantz was done like that. There's a uh, Kingdom has been done like that. There's a bunch of them that have been done like that. So just don't just watch the fucking anime movies, basically, you know. Um, but I, I I saw this on Netflix here in Japan. I don't know if you have it in, in your home, home country. I'll try and find. I, I saw the Wikipedia page, but it was just funny to me. And actually, it was, I liked it, you know, um, because I, I heard again, I've heard the name of, of the series, but uh, I didn't really know anything about it. Uh the characters are very kind of interesting, very, very tropes of very Japanese people and characters. That's why it kind of hit me a little bit, even though like I, I kind of connected with the characters in a very Japanese way, even though I, I was like, you guys are fucking, what the fuck is going on here? It's a fucking weird ass movie. But, but I think, you know, it didn't really get that good reviews, but I liked it. And I think, you know, it would, it kind of strikes true to several different types of people here in Japan, several different characters. You heard me talk about the manic overachieving kind of character, um, the passive kind of girl, the, 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 the rambunctious hero and, and all this shit. But I will warn you, the, the final boss fight in this thing was the longest quick spoiler the long small spoiler the longest fucking boss fight i've ever seen in a movie like three or four times i thought okay this shit's over and it's just like nope you got another fucking 35 minutes what the fuck (laughs) like it was like crazy (laughs) you know so just a warning about that but but i enjoyed the movie um, made no fucking sense to me in, in Western storytelling is kind of pointless, but in a Japanese kind of movie kind of context, it was pretty good. So I liked it and I think you might like it too. If you have it on Netflix, you might want to check it out. I'll put the Wikipedia page on the fucking, you know, in the description for you, um, when I p- upload this. So check that out. All right, y'all, um, let me get out of here. I'm way over my time budget, you know, ooh, it's like an hour and 15 minutes, which is crazy. But, you know, again, really good stuff. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm liking what I'm doing when I'm not really, like, 
putting myself under the gun. So I'm going to keep it up. Keep it up. All these motherfuckers are not going to be like an hour and a half. So don't get spoiled on me. <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm going to let things flow as much as possible. Uh, so, all right, y'all. Have a great week. And thanks for rocking with me. I'll see you next time. Peace.